Welcome to When Opportunity Knocks, where each week we bring you the story of a woman who saw an opportunity and turned it into success. Join us as we dive into how she did it and the lessons we can all apply in our own business and life from her experience. And today, my guest is Jennifer Miner, and she's the Director of Administration at Rodman CPAs, a full-service tax and accounting firm serving small and mid-sized emerging and established businesses throughout the greater Boston area. She has well over a decade of experience in HR, firm administration, recruiting, performance management, and employee relations. And she's got a lot of progressive thoughts, and I'm very happy to have her on the show today. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you very much, Nancy. I'm happy to join you this morning. So um, tell us a little bit about you. How did you get where you are in your career? What opportunities came along that helped you soar to this point? Sure. So I began my career uh, here actually at Rodman CPAs back in 2000. I graduated from the University of New Hampshire. Uh, I actually graduated with a political science degree and uh, was working a summer job in our cafe in the office park that the business was previously located at and, um, you know, had known the business owners, uh, Steve Rodman, our managing partner. And, uh, you know, they had a job opportunity opened up for an administrative assistant. Um, I didn't have a lot of direction at that point as to where I wanted to uh, start my career. Um, and I ended up uh, joining and as a receptionist administrative assistant, uh, not really thinking I was going to be there for too long, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Just sort of thought I'd, I'd start and, and, and get in somewhere. And um, I ended up, you know, truly just enjoying the experience of working at Rodman and, um, you know, quickly got to know Steve Rodman very well and figured out that he's just an exceptional boss and a great great guy to work for and I really loved the company Um, you know we were smaller back then we were maybe eight or nine people and um, you know after a few years I was promoted to uh, office manager Uh, we had a little bit of turnover and from there I ended up just sort of taking on you know higher level administrative duties as well as some human resource duties and really liked uh, enjoyed the human resource aspect of of the job, um, interviewing uh, candidates, re- the recruiting piece, um, and helping manage the performance uh, review process as well. And from there, I was able to take on over the years more, you know, more higher level work, and was able to um, apply for and obtain my master's in human resource uh, degree from Suffolk University. Um, and was, you know, kind of took it from there and uh, over the years just built up, you know, just various ex- of experience and especially on the HR side and also with the firm administration um, of the CPA firm itself. And, um, you know, never thought I'd ever be working for a CPA firm or for accountants, but mm-hmm. uh, truly enjoy the industry. Uh, the company is just exceptional. And I've been here for, it'll be 17 years on Monday. So Wow, congratulations. <laughs> been a journey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and your firm is now up to over 30 people, correct? We are, yes. We're over 30 people. Uh, we've had tremendous growth over the last, I would say, maybe 
six or seven years especially. Um, and, uh, you know, so lots of changes going on, but, you know, very, very different environment from when I first started 17 years ago. <laughs> so what do you attribute that, um, that strong growth to? Um, I would say a few things. Um, first of all, we've, you know, been very lucky to have been a profitable firm in a pretty stable industry. Um, you know, I think we experienced a little bit of a slowdown during the recession, you know, 2008 through, you know, maybe 2010, 2011. Um, but I think, you know, the, the managing partner, Steve Rodman, had a vision to grow the firm, and we've been able to, um, you know, build up our different sides of the firm, our practices. So we've expanded our tax practice, our audit practice. Um, we have a, a niche that we've been growing in renewable energy, which has been very exciting to get into. Um, and uh, we've, I think, just also become a more attractive place to work for CPAs who are looking for an alternative to, you know, say a career in the big four, you know, if they want mm-hmm. to work at Deloitte or uh, ENY or PwC. So um, I think it's just been, uh, we've been able to add on and, and grow our revenue and have just been able to add on some great employees to accommodate that growth. Awesome. So multiple streams of revenue, a little bit of diversification. Yes. And really niching, finding a niche for yes. yourself. Exactly. So those exactly. sound like the two two key points for really all businesses. And although, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're talking about an accounting firm, I think a lot of the things that you've done and you're talking about in your article and so on really traverse all industries and all firms. They're really just basic uh, people things that are very, very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Awesome. So when you think of an accounting firm, I know when I think of one, and uh, sometimes we get that vision of the, you know, green shade people that, who have to really love numbers and they're in there mm-hmm. crunching numbers, but uh, clearly you weren't a number cruncher when you started. So, um, other than the love for numbers, what else draws people into that field? I think, you know, there are, uh, which was, it was surprising to me when I first started, and I actually didn't even know uh, what a CP, what CPA stood for when I first joined. I will admit <laughs> that. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, the, the sort of, like you said, the old, old school sort of being counter mentality, um, you know, that's certainly there. People do love numbers that work here, but um, I think, what surprised me and I think what draws people to the field itself is the number one, um, you know, you get to work with a diverse group of clients and a diverse, uh, with a diverse number of industries. Um, and you really truly get to work very closely with the clients, the business owners, um, you know, their staff, their controllers, their bookkeepers, and you get to uh, truly learn about, their businesses, what their struggles are, what, you know, what are they worried about every day, um, what keeps them up at night. Um, and you get to learn about, you know, the industry that they're working in. And, you know, there's, a, there's such a diverse um, set of tasks as well that go along with each day. Um, mm-hmm. So you could be working on, you know, four or five different clients um, in doing different types of work. Um, you know, I think it's every day something new. Um, Sometimes you see accountants graduating from school and they go they go right into private industry, you know, which is fine and it's it's attractive for a lot of people. Um, you know, it's more of a routine uh, that you know those people that month end closes and it's more uh, predictable work. 
um, you know, you could come in, you know, start your day off at 8 o'clock and have a plan for the day and then get a call from a client who's having a crisis and your whole day just shifts and, you know, you just go into, into you know, problem-solver mode. And um, so I think it's exciting. I think there's a lot of different things that, you know, go on every day here. Um, and I think another another piece of it is the, in this industry itself is, um, there's a lot of growth opportunity um, and career advancement opportunities uh, as well as job security. So, you know, depending on, uh, you know, really where you're going and what the type of work you want to do, um, you know, you can get into a firm and, and have a nice, you know, clear growth path, uh, get a lot of mentoring opportunities from the partners and other managers and, um, you know, truly take off and, and enjoy a really well-rounded career um, with lots of opportunity for advancement. So I think that's another people that another uh, I'm sorry aspect that draws people to the field. Mm, and it's um, you know there's a lot of education for accountants, isn't there? The, the whole CPA program is educational based, and there's a lot of things you have to keep up with, and uh, there's it's really a lifelong long learning type of position especially if you're doing things in the tax world and, you know, things like that. Yes, absolutely. I think there's, you know, the, the you know, tax laws are constantly changing. Gap laws are changing. Um, you know, it's, we're truly, a, it's a learning culture um, to my firm. And I know a lot of other firms in the area, there's so much to do, uh, so much to learn. Um, and I think, you know, you can really, uh, you know, take off with so many of these different areas. You can specialize um, you know, in, in tax or audit, um, and you can take your career as far as you want to. Um, but no, there is there's a lot of learning opportunity. Um, you know, opportunities to go back at get additional schooling, get master's degrees. You know, somebody coming in and on the entry level side of things. Um, you know, so there's there again, yeah, a t- tremendous amount of learning opportunity for sure. So it's a real career with progression, and I think that's important to people today. Yes, yes, absolutely. A lot of the the students uh, that I talk to at um, different colleges and universities um, and a lot of the uh, recruits that I'm working with, uh, what's one of the biggest, um, most important questions that they have are, you know, what are, what are the opportunities for growth at your firm and in the industry? Um, and I think that's, that's certainly one thing that, you know, really keeps people interested um, and, and I think re- and helps with retention a lot as well. Mm, Great. Well, we're coming up on a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about recruitment and how things are different now than they used to be in terms of winning employees. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom and new customers eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. 
Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. If you are a woman who struggles in a business world that keeps your earnings lower than they should be and doesn't support the success you want, no matter how long and hard you work, then I would like to speak with you. Hi, I'm Nancy O'Keefe, and as an executive coach, I'm on a mission to help women maximize their earning potential and create a business life that serves them. You know, success is unique to each one of us, and cookie-cutter career and business models don't give most of us what we want and need. I help women just like you develop their own style of success and learn how to find more opportunity, increase their earning power, and create a business life they love. I'd love to speak with you. Sign up for a free Love Your Business Life consultation with me at www.nancyokeefecoaching.com and let's schedule a time to talk. Welcome back. You're listening to When Opportunity Knocks. I'm your host, Nancy O'Keefe, and I'm here with Jennifer Miner of Rodman CPAs. She's an HR administrator, and we're talking about everything people. So, Jennifer, let's um, talk a little bit about recruitment, and this holds true across all industries, I think. Um, There are some definite changes, and for example, how does the workspace itself uh, play a key role in whether people want to come to work with you or not. Yeah, that's a, it's it's a very interesting shift there. Um, when we uh, when I first started with Rodman in 2000, we had a you know a smaller, much smaller office space, very traditional in terms of the layout. Um, you know, heavy with private offices. You know, a small reception area, a small conference room. Um, you know, we had you know a back room with you know filing cabinets. I think we had a little mini fridge. Um, you know, and back then it just sort of was how it was and nobody really thought too much of it. Um, but as we've grown and as, as things have changed over the last, you know, 15, 16 years, um, you know, office space has been, you know, a big, a key element um, of, keep, of attracting and retaining employees. Um, we just, uh, two years ago, moved our office space into uh, Waltham and uh, Massachusetts and we have you know almost tripled in size from when we first started, um, and we've moved to a more open, uh, collaborative space. Um, you know, much less private office space, more meeting spaces, or what we call huddle spots um, mm-hmm. for more collaborative teamwork. Um, you know, we now have a large training room with state-of-the-art facilities. Um, you know, a bigger kitchen with two refrigerators, which seems to be, you know, one of the most exciting things for people. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, I mean, yeah, and it's, you know, open, you know, we have glass everywhere. All our private offices are all glass and it's very open. We wanted to have a very warm, welcoming uh, feel to the the space. And I think that's been very attractive for a lot of the people that we're talking to. And, um, you know, it's definitely shifting that sort of, um, you know, less focus on, 
uh, individual work, you know, sitting in a cube, um, head down, getting your work done. Um, it's a much more collaborative work environment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have an, an open uh, door policy, access to partners, um, lots of interaction between all levels of our staff, um, you know, open sharing of ideas. Um, you know, that is all, you know, kind of goes into uh, what we uh, thought about when we created and, and designed our new space. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's been very successful, um, and it's been very attractive to uh, potential employees for sure. Excellent. Yeah, because people want a nice place to work, and they want to feel like they're part of something. Exactly. So that requires that your culture support that as well. So can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about did you have to change the culture, or what was that all about? Um, so I think, you know, we've always had uh, from the beginning uh, a very uh, firm, uh, I'm sorry, a family-oriented culture. I think we all, were, you know, we work very closely together. We know each other very well. We're, we've always been more of a small small work environment. Um, mm-hmm. So that's always stayed. I think what's changed a little bit is this, you know, again, sort of the more idea of a more open, collaborative um, culture in terms of how we're working together, how we interact, communication. Um, I think, you know, the the team environment is huge here. Um, And I think we also, another big thing, um, you know, especially when it comes to recruiting and retention is is the idea of work-life balance and flexibility. Um, I think those things are just absolutely essential in creating, um, you know, a really good culture internally. Um, You know, it's a big part of who we are. Um, we are very much, we work very hard, but we also recognize that, you know, everybody has a life outside of, outside of the office. Um, people have Imagine children. That. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's a big shift from when I first started. It was very, you know, rigid hours and, you know, very defined work day and space. And I think now it's it's very open and we, we really try to recognize um, and appreciate and want to give people the time to spend, you know, doing what they want to do outside of work, whether that's taking care of children or, um, you know, helping with other family members or, you know, walking your dog or, I don't know, going to an art show, you know, at 3 o'clock at in the, you know, somewhere. I just think that, you know, it's, it's, uh, people have things that they want to do. And I think those things are very important. And right now the, just the way, you know, the work environment and the culture is, it's just, that's, we have to recognize that to keep our best people. So. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. I'm uh, a lot older than you. And when I started to work, um, in business, the hours were 37 and a half hours for a full-time week. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the years, somehow we've crept up to 50, 60, and we've become a a group of workers that just really work, 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 and there's less Mm -hmm. and less time for our lives. And, you know, that's evident in some of the societal things we see too, like um, stores open 24 hours a day. And, uh, you know, there's just, you know, little devices that we're attached to. There's really no downtime. And I think that's, key you know you're a much better employer employee rather if you are able to disconnect recharge your batteries you know you know get yourself uh in the best mindset to start the next week wouldn't you agree 
I do. I completely agree. Um, you know, I think it's a, your point of the little, the little uh, devices that we have attached. I mean, it is true. There, you know, with you know the advances in technology, you know, everybody has smartphones and iPads, and and I think you know we are. It's a culture now where everybody's working constantly, and there's very little. Uh, the 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 work life line is just bleeding constantly. I think. Um, mm. You know where it would be. You know, like you know, the nine to five concept is just like is gone. I think, um, you know, it's it's um, it's essential for people now too to be able to um, because we're working so many hours, and especially in the accounting industry with tax season. Um, you know, you're you're working up to you know seventy hours a week sometimes. Um, it's essential right. for people to be able to to unplug. Right, and it and that kind of work just has to get done. There's no putting it off you know there are deadlines there are yeah so um the pressure's on so you do need to a way to release that and you know i think it's great that in a traditional industry i've spent a fair amount of time in the insurance industry which is also very traditional it's great Mm. to see firms like yours that are beginning to to think differently and realize that there's other ways to do things and still be productive successful profitable um you know i think that's just great you're you're just leading the the fight that's awesome we're trying we're trying absolutely absolutely so, and i think you know yeah no go ahead oh no i was just going to say that i think you know it's like, again back to um you know we're we're all going 100 miles an hour and i just think that um, it's again essential. We have, um, you know, so many different, a diverse group of employee, uh, employees with, you know, males, females um, who have, you know, you know, responsibilities outside of the office as well. And I just think right now, um, you know, you cannot, you cannot attract or retain any of of these people anymore, and unless you start to really change, um, change the environment, uh, it just has mm-hmm. to shift at this point. And it's interesting because a lot of the management philosophies that have been in play for quite some number of years, um, you know, management by walking around, they're mm-hmm. based on people being, you know, front and center right there for you to work with. And, um, you know, that flexibility creates uh, challenges for some people. Some managers just don't quite know how to deal with it. Um, and I, I know in your article you mentioned that some people have flexibility in your firm um, mostly based around personal needs or weather or something uh, like that. So can you talk a little bit about how you you manage that uh, when people aren't front and center? Sure. And I think, you know, certainly that's been a big challenge, um, you know, with, with shifting to this type of culture that embraces flexibility. Um, you know, we, we provide um, our employees with the ability to everybody uh, to work from home we give them a home setup and, and allow them to um, work from home as needed. Um, and I think it's, it was a big challenge at first um, to, to get over the fact that, you know, uh, you know, Joe Smith is, you know, working remotely. He's not in the office, but he is home and he is being productive. Um, and I think we, you know, we just try to keep, you know, we're such a big email, uh, email culture. So there's still lots of communication going on. And I think we've just had to get creative a little bit with working, um, with some of these new tools with, you know, through email and then with, um, you know, video conferencing with Skype, um, and then, you know, more, uh, teleconferences and things like that. Um, but I, I will say it's, it's gotten a lot better. That's sort of the, um, the challenge has, uh, 
has been lessened over time, I would say, as we've, um, you know, kind of just gone on and, and it's been proven internally here that, you know, productivity um, is still, you know, very high. Uh, and also just we're retaining people because, um, you know, if, if they can, you know, lots, we do have people, um, some, you know, a couple managers that work from home at least one day a week or maybe two depending on what they have going on. Um, you know, certainly with weather, you know, with the especially the uh, horrible winter we had a few years ago. Yeah, um, right. We were all able to work. Yeah, I mean, it was wonderful. We were all able to work seamlessly from home, um, which was great, you know, unless some people did lose power. But, um, you know, but I think it's it's essential, and especially in the Boston area, the traffic is, you know, atrocious at best. And um, yeah. we've had, you know, some people, you know, have pretty, pretty long commutes, and, um, you know, they can – come in early and leave early um but they're still accessible which is which is great um right so i think it's just overcoming you know i think the biggest uh big piece to to get started with is just buy in from from everybody that this is something that you're going to do i think if you have uh people that are really negative with the whole working from home aspect or telecommuting aspect um you know i would say get that all you know, worked out and resolved um, at the get-go before you implement any sort of telecommuting policy. Um, because if you have, you know, so many, if you have people that really are negative about it, it's going to hurt and, impa- you know, it's a negative impact um, on the whole program. So you want to get that buy-in um, for sure up front. That's a good but point. Yeah. I, I started and ran a company for a, about a decade that was, pretty much virtual. We had about 50 employees and only about six of them came into the office every day. One of them was me, my lead uh, project manager. And, you know, it worked really well. Why? Because we hired people that really needed to work at home. They were stay at home moms, but they had Mm -hmm. serious skills um, in terms of underwriting and rating and doing some insurance things. Uh, We were able to really build a completely virtual workforce and, you know, we did it at a time when it, nobody else was doing it. And there were a few challenges around the type of people that you um, hire in terms of virtual uh, work. I mean, it's not everybody can do it. Not everyone's disciplined or wants to work at home. Uh, how do you deal with those issues? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, I think that's we have, even though we have, the opportunity for a lot of people to work from home. A lot of people just choose not to because they know they're not going to be productive at home. Um, if they're sitting there and they've got a, you know work to do, but then they know that the laundry is sitting there and has to get done and, and all the other <laughs> things that we have going on at home, I mean, I think it's sometimes just impossible. Um, but I think, you know, you have to just, you know, the, you have to be able to, before you let anybody really, um, you know, work, do that, we're whole working from home or telecommuting, you have to have a lot of those upfront conversations and set very, very clear expectations up front and um, about, you know, getting the work product done and meeting deadlines and um, making sure that they're working efficiently from home. You know, we have a, a policy that kind of goes over everything um, required um, for an at-home work setup environment so that you can work, um, you know, efficiently and, pr- and be productive. Um, and so it's a, it's a, you know, it's all about communication. You have to make sure to have those conversations up front. Um, and we, uh, we have a, an employee actually working remotely. Um, she could be, you know, a few in a few different states in the U.S. wherever she is, and or she could be overseas internationally. Um, and she just 
has a laptop and connects remotely and and works seamlessly and she's productive um and we don't you know we we had conversations up front with her and and she she's great and um she's the type of person that can deal with that um and that's i think why we do it i don't think we'd you know kind of let everybody work in that environment but um right. you know at the end of the day it's a, it's about the work it's it's you know, are we servicing our clients uh, to the best of our ability? Are we getting our work done um, on time? And and as long as those things are really in place, then um, we're not really too worried about where you are when you're doing the work itself. Right. Yeah, it works extremely well with deadline-driven organizations mm-hmm. like your. You know, and that's really what mine yes. was as well. We had to get the work yes. done in a certain time frame, and that was really the key driver. So. Awesome. All right. Well, we're coming up on another break. And uh, when we come back, Jennifer, let's talk about how we um, really measure performance and do things like performance reviews in these new environments that we're working in. And we'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you tired of playing small or earning less than you are worth? What could you accomplish if you were given the opportunity? If you want more, more influence, more impact, more income, and more success, Then join me in my new program, Get Savvy, Secure, and Successful. Learn the skills and strategies you need to find the opportunities you want to put your real value out in the marketplace and maximize your earning power in your business or career. To learn more about the program, go to nancyokeefecoaching.com and look under our work in professional development. Welcome back to When Opportunity Knocks. I'm Nancy O'Keefe. We're here with Jennifer Miner. We're talking about performance. So, Jennifer, we've talked about the virtual environment, open communication, um, you know, a more open and accessible culture and flexibility. So how do we do performance measurement around all of these things? Yes, it's an interesting point. And I think um, the... Measuring performance in this new environment is, is definitely uh, has shifted. Um, you know, when we uh, used to do this sort of traditional annual performance review, uh, you know, you'd get together with the partners and you'd sit and kind of look back over the past year's performance and um, and try and you know, remember all the good things. And the remember, yeah, whatever, <laughs> exactly. And it was, you know, which is impossible with the way we work. Um, 
And, you know, you'd sort of listen to, you know, here are the things you did well, here are some of your challenges, and then some, you know, you'd get surprises like, well, wow, I didn't know I was doing that. I wish you'd told me ahead of time and, you know, I could have fixed it or, you know, so it was a very, very much a look back um, over past performance where I think the big shift with performance now is we're looking ahead. Um, so we, you know, we, we have now instead of the annual meeting, we have quarterly meetings. Um, so we meet uh, formally uh, in a, on a quarterly basis. Um, but we have a lot of, you know, a lot more just sort of informal performance conversations. We try to, you know, kind of real-time feedback conversations. Um, we've found, um, you know, over the last few years, you know, especially with the millennial generation too, and, you know, they're really, as that they really do make up a, a big bulk of our staff. Um, and they're really looking for feedback. And it's been great because we've all kind of now started to embrace this culture of open feedback. And, you know, there's some challenges there too, but, um, you know, we're really looking ahead and, you know, what are our goals? We're very goal focused. Um, and, um, you know, it's all about, you know, trying to, you know, give direct uh, feedback, constructive feedback in a, in a um, safe manner, in a safe environment. And, um, you know, I call them now, it's no longer the performance review, it's, it's a performance development meeting. So it's about developing people, looking at, you know, future performance, you know, where you're at now. Um, we focus a lot on, you know, everybody's strengths and how we can um, improve their strengths. You know, so what are you good at and how can we leverage that strength? Um, and then we look at, you know, what are some challenges you're facing? Where are you struggling? Um, and how can we help you? And um, so we set, you know, we set goals, smart goals as, as often as possible. And we, um, you know, we meet and we check in on them constantly and see how we're doing. And um, so it's very forward focused. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's the big shift. And it's, it's been, you know, working out very well internally here. And I think our, our employees really do appreciate that, um, that mentality as we're, as we're going through our performance process. So what, um, what type of a system do you have? Are there certain must-haves that you, you do? Or, and does the employee, what's the employee's role in all of that? Do they do something ahead of time? Um, they do, yes. Um, so we, our system is basically, we, we kind of, we, we develop these, um, you know, they're basically individual development plans, we call them, and our, we call them our IDPs. And um, we, uh, our staff, um, the employees will develop their own, and then we will also at the same time develop um, what we think um, from our end that, you know, kind of their, their, their big um, plan should be for the next 12 months. And um, we meet and we combine, you know, basically have a discussion about, you know, and get on the same page about where we want to go. So it's really, it's we have input as the employer, and you know, kind of we'll be able to guide and coach. But we really want to hear from the employees, and what do you, you know, what do you guys want to be doing? Where do you, where do you want to improve? Where do you see yourself falling down? Um, so it's very much, um, you know, a collaborative again, a, that collaborative process of of managing performance. Um, and there's a mm -hmm. lot of input from employees. And, um, and we ask, you know, in, in return, we also ask for feedback from them too. You know, how can, what can I do to, to make uh, your job easier? What can I do to, um, to help you through this process? Um, and so there's a lot of input from, um, from the employees, which I think has made it more successful and a more safe environment 
so that people aren't walking into the meeting, you know, you know, shaking, saying, oh, God, what do they have to say about me this time, you know, where, which was very right. much, um, I think, a part of the past uh, system. Um, but, you know, we're, we're all, and we, you know, we all kind of meet as, as a management group and we, um, we give feedback about how everybody's doing and we gather feedback from everybody. So it's, it's, um, a very kind of an open process to be honest. Um, and, uh, you know, go from there. You're really laying out, you know, sort of a career path for them, helping them see how they fit into your organization today, how they can continue to grow into the organization tomorrow, and that must have a major impact on employee turnover and absenteeism. It does. It does. And I think because we've, you know, we we put a lot of time and effort into performance development and coaching. Um, we have, you know, a mentoring program, a coaching program. Um, you know, we have a buddy system at the entry level. Um, and I think that, you know, that has helped tremendously with retaining, you know, the employees. And I think our our turnover has really been, um, you know, involuntary turnover, which um, is, you know, very, uh, you know, happens and, and uh, mm-hmm. we're yeah. sad when it does. But, um, but no, but we've been able to, you know, really retain a lot of our, our, our keepers, and, and um, which I think this has been um, a big uh, – a big part of that and we guide we have um, a set of competencies for each mm-hmm. staff level and um, we work very closely with them to um, you know looking ahead at the next level how can we get you there I mean I think we you know we hire people at the entry level and really we would love them all to have a goal to be a partner someday um, you know depending on their role so uh, we're very much very much into career development coaching and all and all of the leadership development uh, as well so describe the difference for our listeners between your mentor program and your coaching program. That's a really good it's a good point because there's um there's some confusion and I think we had we did struggle with this a little bit as when we started our mentoring program. And so I mm-hmm. think um the the best way to think about it is the coaching program is more tactical where the mentoring program is more strategic. Um, so coaching is really skills-based coaching. You know, let's work on, you know, if, if one of our employees is having some trouble grasping, um, you know, tax depreciation, you know, skills and things like that, or having trouble with debits and credits, um, we work and coach them through those types of um, technical pieces. Um, or it could be we coach them through some um, – you know, some, you know, if they're having an employee issue, um, a relations issue, we can help coach them through, you know, some of those, you know, more specific uh, challenges that they have going on and, and also help them with what they're doing well with as well and give them some points on, you know, how to, even, how to get it even stronger technically. Um, and I think our mentoring program is more, you know, long-term uh, strategic goal-based um, program where uh, we're really focusing on, you know, how can we take that um, career development conversation deeper and, you know, you know, talking about, you know, especially when they're younger, talking about, you know, um, starting the CPA process, studying for the exams, um, you know, considering a master's in taxation over a master's in um, accountancy, um, 
and then just sort of really starting to feel out what area they want to try to develop their skills in and getting an idea from them on where they want to go. And then our, our mentors will kind of work with them and um, help develop them their long-term approach to a career with us at Rodman. Um, and sometimes it just it, it could those conversations could talk about, you know, is it, you know is public accounting a good fit for you? You know, if you're struggling, mm-hmm. and, and so we kind of explore those areas as well. But I think it's a kind of a tactical versus strategic approach for sure. That's great. And when you say you have competencies at very at the staff level, can you give us an example of those? for people that might sure. want to so, implement that kind of thing in other industries? Sure. So what we did was, um, uh, through the help of um, some outside consultants, we worked up a, uh, for every level, so we have associate, senior associate, supervisor, and so on, all the way up through partner. And what we did was we picked, I think there are seven buckets of areas. Um, so for in our industry, you know, communication, uh, personal development, leadership, um, technical ability, communication skills, um, and there are one or two others I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, but we we focus on, um, you know, so we set uh, a, a set of competencies for each area. So for an associate level, you know, under um, communication, there are certain, certain expectations, I guess, of what somebody at that level is doing um, or should be doing. And then we have, you know, the next level kind of takes a step up from there and then a step up from there. Um, and so we look at those and we just, and it helps with kind of gauging where, uh, kind of giving the staff like a, an air, um, a better idea of where they're at. So um, mm-hmm. we try to get as specific as we can. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, some of it's a little bit vague and a little gray. Um, but, you know, here's where you should be at as a, you know, you've been here for three years, you're an experienced associate, here's, you know, here are, here's our expectation of what you should be doing. Here are the behaviors uh, that you should be practicing every day. Um, and then as we try to guide them through their careers, we say, let's take a look at the next level. Let's take a look at the senior associate level. Um, where, you know, where are some areas that you could improve on to try to get there, you know, with communication um, or leadership? Uh, different areas, or in, in also technical skills. You know, we got to, you know, if you improve here, um, you know, you're doing really well here, and we try to assess from there, um, and, uh, you know, how long, trying to give them a guide to see, you know, you're kind of a couple of years out from where you need to be, or, you know, you're going to nail it and, you know, hopefully get a promotion next year. So um, mm-hmm. we found with our staff, it's very important to them to have an idea of how they're doing and when they can get to the next level. So we really focus a lot on that and, and try to get them a real good idea and give them really clear uh, goals, guidelines, expectations as to, as to how to get there as best we well, can. Well, and that's great because that really gives you the structure to have those quarterly meetings to help people see their career path and exactly what they need to do to get there. And it takes a lot of the subjectivity out of it, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's um, you know, certainly we've we've had to kind of uh hone in a little bit and try to get a little bit more specific with how we measure. Um, you know, we kind of we give everybody um, you know, for each competency, they either, you know, uh they meet the competency, um, they exceed expectations with the competency or they need improvement. Um, so for each each kind of each level, um, they each have a we give try to give them every, you know, every few months an idea of where they're at so it's it's a big it's mm-hmm. a big thing that I've seen with the staff um, that they really want to know um, you know where they're at and 
again, how to get to the next level. It's very important. Absolutely. And um, I love your higher entry level and, you know, with the idea that we want you to become a partner someday. I think that's, that's a great mindset. Um, and I, are you a New England Patriots fan? I sure am. <laughs> well, we all know Absolutely. that, you know, part of the part of the charm of our team is the fact that those coaches really know how to spot raw talent and build that into an amazing player and an amazing team. So, I mean, that's really where it's at. So how do you spot those entry-level folks? Uh, you must do a lot of college recruiting. We do, we do. And I think that's something that, you know, another kind of big change is um, we didn't, I think a big part of it is our internship program. So when I first started, we we didn't have an internship program. Um, over the years, we tried to have um, start one up, but we never really um, put a lot of effort into it. Um, but I think as as we started to grow, um, our you know our growth has really been organic, and we've realized how important a solid internship program has been. Um, or will be to to help us out and kind of feed the pipeline. Um, you know, we kind of have the Rodman uh, farm system happening, I guess. So we're mm-hmm. um, we're spending time at schools. Um, you know, the obviously the Boston area is, has a tremendous amount of um, you know excellent universities and colleges with with great accounting programs. So we're spending time there, um, and you know, we're trying to just. You know, I think the big thing is trying to find students who have an interest in public accounting. I think, you know, uh, somebody who, you know, may have been in high school, took an accounting course, and just kind of fell in love with accounting. I think those those types of students and recruits are the ones that tend to have the most success with us, are the ones that really know that they want a career in public accounting. You know, maybe they have a an aunt or an uncle or, you know, somebody, a friend who... who mm is in the industry and they have a good idea of what it's all about. And, um, and so, you know, and I think that's just the other part of it is somebody who's really well-rounded. Obviously we want, you know, bright students who are smart and did well in school, but also, you know, for, for us too, you know, we look and see, you know, did they work? Um, you know, did they get some good internship opportunities? Um, did they, uh, do a lot of volunteering and giving back to the community. So, you know, we're really looking at somebody who's well-rounded um, as well. So those those people tend to tend to do very well. And know, they know how to be a good employee. They yeah, do. They the do. Key. I think work yeah. work ethic is a key. Um, I found that the the most successful people in our firm have just a tremendous work ethic. Um, and what I mm-hmm. really mean by that is they come in and they know – they know what it takes to get the job done. They put in the effort. They put in the time, um, and they really just come in wanting to learn and absorb and absorb as much as they can. Um, and you can really tell that when you're when you're talking to students on campus and starting to build relationships with them through the recruiting process. Um, you know, you can kind of really kind of weed out those that are just they just want a job or they ro- or they want a career. And I think that's right. that's the big difference. Oh, that's a great distinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to come up, take another break right now. And when we come back, let's talk about what it takes to get new talent on board and keep them in terms of benefits. And we'll be right back. You can be the best at what you do and still not find the success you want if your ideal clients can't separate you from your competition. So how can you stand out? You need a sustainable competitive advantage that gets clients' attention. 
When it's hard for clients to differentiate you from others that do what you do, you need to help them see you as the best choice. I call it a superpower. And the good news is, everyone has one. So contact me, Nancy, at nancyokeefecoaching.com to learn how you can discover your superpower and stand out from the crowd. Welcome back. This is Nancy O'Keefe. I'm here with Jennifer Miner, and you're listening to When Opportunity Knocks, and we're talking about the people in your organization. So how to attract and retain them. What is required today? I know in your article where you talk about recruiting then and now, how different is it in terms of benefits? What is the expectation out there, even at the entry level? Well, I think the one of the you know the traditional benefits you know compensation um, you know health insurance uh, disability benefits are all still important, um, but I think that the other benefits really around um, you know the biggest thing is really the flexibility again and work life balance um, and you know vacation time uh, is huge again um, so we've We've actually moved to, in 2018, we're moving to an open uh, personal time off uh, policy, open PTO, which means that Mm -hmm. we're no longer going to accrue vacation time uh, at all, and we are going to um, leave it to the discretion of the employees and our managers to manage their time off. And we recognize that everybody, you know, everybody's a professional, and uh, when they need time off, they can take it and we'll pay them for it. And it's going to be, I think it'll be a challenge for sure, but it's its sort of, a, you know, we're, we're leading, I guess, leading the trend. Uh, we're one of the few firms in the area that's going to be doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's a, a big attractive benefit for sure. Um, it's just sort of not having to worry about your PTO bank and all of that. Um, you know, I think uh, tuition. Too, yeah. Oh, yes, cost saving, right, exactly. Um, tuition is another big uh, benefit. So we have a very attractive tuition reimbursement program. Um, in our industry, we have um, there's requirement to sit for the CPA exam. You have to have a certain number of credits, um, and so very often students have to go back, or sorry, entry level employees have to go back and get additional schooling. So either you know take a, a certificate program or get a master's degree to be able to sit for the CPA exam, and mm. you know. Tuition is very expensive, as we all know, especially yeah. in the New England area. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's pretty outrageous. But um, so we try to give as much as we can, um, you know, to to reimburse them for that. I mean, we you know we certainly make the money back, um, you know, if they stay with us and um, you know do a great job and perform, uh, you know, to the best of their ability. We, we it's not it's a no brainer for us. Um, that's a big benefit as well. Um, you know, our mentoring and coaching programs are certainly uh, a hot topic uh, when I interview potential uh, employees, um, for sure. And I think the other the other thing is is food during tax season is honestly mm-hmm. one of the oh yeah, <laughs> which sounds so silly, but we we feed our people well. Uh, sounds very silly um, that they you know especially during tax season when you're at you know here at nine o'clock at night and you want a snack, we'll we'll help you out. But um, 
But uh, yeah, so I think you know those are the those are the biggest things I see, and it's really again the opportunities to to have a flexible work environment. You know, have alternative mm-hmm. hours, work from home as needed. Um, you know, I think compensation is still very important, um, but uh, and and a and a attractive health package and all of that. But I think it's sort of the other the other pieces of it that are way more um, important uh, nowadays for sure. Right. Yeah, the the basics um you you have to have those. If you don't have good compensation and and decent health benefits and so mm-hmm. on, you're you're not going to you're not going to even mm-hmm. get a look. So um that's so true. Now, you mentioned something about the PTO and um mm-hmm. I I actually did that in my firm. We had um paid time off and it really was pretty open-ended. Uh and my experience is that people don't take enough time off because um there's something about knowing you can take a day off whenever you need to, and then all of a sudden you you don't. You find so many things are going on, you you really don't take the time off. We actually had to implement kind of a forced <laughs> a forced time off so that people <laughs> would take advantage of it at least a certain number of days a year because everybody needs to recharge. So it'll yes. be interesting to see how that works out in your organization. So, yes, and, yes, it will yeah. be. I also heard um, you say, you know, if they stay, and that's a big fear out there for people that are giving flexibility and all these extra benefits and uh, mentoring and, you know, all of that. I run into a lot of small business owners who have the fear that they're going to make a huge investment in time, energy, and money only to have people leave. And there are statistics out there that claim that the trend is, people are going to start staying less and less, maybe as little as one and a half years before they decide to move on. So any comments about that? I mean, I think the, that, you know, that's all, it's always going to be the case. I mean, it's always when we lose people um, internally for whatever reason, you know, it's always, uh, you know, a blow in, in terms of, you know, oh gosh, should we have to pay a fee for them if they were, you know, a really experienced hire or, you know, oh geez, you know, we had to, we gave them so much intuition and all of that. And, you know, it does, you know, if you look at the cost of hiring a new employee um, or replacing an employee that leaves, you know, I think it's like one and a half times their salary or something along those lines. Right. And, um, you know, so it is, there's a huge cost to it, but I think, you know, for the, on the other side of it though, and this is kind of how we feel here is, um, it's going to happen, and uh, there's really, you know, uh, w- what we're trying to do is to, you know, of course prevent that, um, but we can't, for us, it's just wasted energy to worry about, you know, giving them, giving, giving, and then having them still leave. I mean, people are going to leave, but um, I will say, you know, pe- a lot of people are staying at the same time. I mean, I think we've mm-hmm. we've been able to keep a lot of people just for, um, you know, for offering all of these just benefits and programs. I mean, we've been able to, to keep some really great people and um, keep them interested and the work is interesting and the clients they're working on are interesting and giving them opportunities. Um, and so I think we're just going to continue to be full steam ahead and, um, you know, try not to be wasteful. I mean, I think, you know, again, it really, it comes down to the the recruiting process and the hiring process is trying to really, you know, as best you can fully vet these guys and, and figure out, you know, at the start, you know, what's, you know, hopefully they're going to stay. Um, but, you know, life happens and sometimes, you know, a spouse gets a job, you've got to move or, you know, there's a change in some situation and, and they've got to move on or they're sure. just, you know, not happy and, you know, it's 
going to happen. I think you just you can't worry about it, and I think you just still have to continue to offer um, as much as you can to try to to try to keep and retain the best people. Right. I think you're absolutely right, and certainly you've put the right programs in place to be the best place to work that you can be. And it, it still isn't going to be for everybody, but you're certainly going to increase your batting average uh, substantially mm-hmm. with the kinds of things you've got in play. Yeah, definitely. So if you were going to give um, and some business owners words of wisdom in terms of all of this uh, recruiting, attracting and hiring um, the top talent, what would your words of wisdom be? Oh, words of wisdom. Um, I mean, I would just say, you know, take a look at, you know, with all of this, you know, take a look at what you're doing now, um, you know, continually try to improve every aspect of, of what you're doing, what you're giving, you know, review your benefits, review your compensation, um, you know, try to stay ahead of the game as much as you can. Um, you may have to, you know, get a little creative um, depending on how much you can afford to do. Um but I think that, you know, just trying to consistently stay on top of it, I think don't don't be complacent. I think you always, this, this especially in our industry, things are always changing. But I would guess in, in all industries it's the same way. I mean, the, it's, it's, you have to try to stay ahead of the game as best you can. But I think staying, uh, staying stale and staying, um, you know, doing things the same way because that's the way you've always done them is, is going to mm-hmm. lead you nowhere. I think you have to continue to move forward, continue to get creative, read as much as you can, talk to as many people, network. You know, I have a wonderful network of uh, HR professionals in the area that I am constantly reaching out to. You know, hey, I've got this idea. What do you think? What do you guys do? You know, connect with other people, um, you know, in your industry and, and uh, try to find out, you know, what works for them and, and generate new ideas and, um, you know, just, again, just keep keep moving forward. I've seen a lot of businesses where, you know, they just refuse to change. They won't budge. Um, you know, they just, and they do, they, they, they stay the same and they kind of, then they intend to fall off. But um, right, just continue right. to have that, you know, moving forward mindset, looking ahead for sure. And I, I think another one of the fears is around the cost of all this, but many of the things that you mentioned, coaching, mentoring, mm-hmm. um, right. quarterly meetings, interesting work, um, you know, those kinds of things really don't cost any money <laughs> to, to implement. No, they don't. They don't. And we implemented, a. Um, I tell you, one of the biggest hits of all that we just did uh, this year was our dress for your day dress code. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we implemented a casual dress code and we're in a very, you know, high end white collar professional industry. And we said, you know what, when we're in the office, if you're not, if you don't have a client meeting, uh, if you're not going out, you know, don't have, don't have an interview, you know, dress, wear jeans, you know, obviously appropriately, yeah. we set some guidelines, but you know, dress casually. Yeah. And, and that's actually was more, people were more excited about the casual dress code than the open PTO. Yeah. And Again, it's, another it's great. So funny. Free. Totally another free. Great. Yep. Yeah. Great thing that doesn't cost <laughs> any money. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, I want to thank you for being my guest. This has been a great conversation, and I wish you all the best um, as you go forward with Rodman because I think you're doing great things, and it's good to hear that companies are starting to think differently about their talent. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Great, and that's another episode of When Opportunity Knocks, and we'll see you next week.